It's Friday, and Friday means it's the I Love Real Estate Success Show. Uh, now, every Friday, well, most Fridays, we try to bring on a interesting, fascinating student or a couple of students to give you a bit of an insight into what they've been doing within the I Love Real Estate community, what goals they've achieved, um, what things they've had to overcome in order to achieve those, and give a bit of an insight so that you can actually look at it and go, wow, you know, that really kind of like it inspires me to get along and actually do something within your own life, to change your own life. And it really is about how can you change your life so you can impact others and you can achieve what you want to achieve in your life uh, and obviously benefit yourself and benefit others in the process. So today we have another really fascinating couple. And um, I got it. I mean, I say, I say this every week and I say, I'm really looking forward to this, but I'm really looking forward to this today as well, <laughs> because um you may have seen recently, they posted something within the Facebook group, um, and it is a huge goal that they have achieved, and uh, we want to get straight into it and find out a little bit more about them and how they have come to be in a position where they have, what is it? It's like a thousand, having a thousand uh, rooms uh, done. Rooms, yeah. Yeah, in, 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 in a five-year period of time. So fascinating. So let's get straight into it. Um, Matthew. Sahara, welcome. Welcome. How are you guys welcome. doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited about today. We are. Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure. And um, thank you for agreeing and finding that slot of time as well to be able to join in. Yes, uh, well, the universe has spoken. We have time made for <laughs> us. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So look, um, one of the things we always love to know is um, everyone comes into the community from kind of a different background and you've got different experiences and different things in life uh, that draw you into the community. So what was your life like before you joined? Well, before I joined, start a little bit further back in my history. My, my upbringing was, um, you know, we didn't have much money growing up. My parents were very bad role models in my life. I love my parents. They're really good, but they were terrible role models. You know, there was alcohol fighting and stuff like that. They've improved their life since, but my upbringing was based on, you know, a very hardcore upbringing and we had no money. I had two grandparents. One was a, one grandparent side was poor and the other grandparent side was really wealthy. And I had no mentors or anything to learn from except from these two grandparents who would, would you know, educate me and give me advice and information. Very much like, you know, Kiyosaki had, you know, rich dad, poor dad, I had, rich grandfather, poor grandfather, and I learned these lessons from them. Um, and my, my wealthy grandfather used to really adamant to me bring the importance and the value of real estate, saving, looking after your money, uh, and being an, an asset in the community. They were very well established in their community. And I learned and grew and understood things uh, from a young age about the actions that they took, being part of a community, helping in the community, um, you know, and having wealth that they'd created through their businesses and real estate uh, opportunities. You know, many years down the track, I went into um, the military um, and, and, you know, in where I grew up in the military was, was not a good place and ended up finding myself lost in the wilderness, uh, running around trying to figure myself out in life. Uh, and finally ended up in a place called Australia um, and this has become my home, a really beautiful place, and I love being here. But I had no direction. I had no purpose. I had no 
real understanding of where I wanted to go. I was just, you know, pointing around in the dark. Um, but I knew real estate was one of my things. I'd learned from my grandfather that real estate was important. Real estate will get you somewhere. And I'd always been, had this in the back of my mind. And one day, uh, you know, I spent some time here in, in Australia. I was in Melbourne. And I got a partner, married at the time, uh, my ex-partner. And I was searching and hunting and hungry. I was hungry for something. And I felt real estate was that thing. And lo and behold, um, I came across Dimpner's marketing. And I saw an ad of Dimpner's. And she was having a conference in Melbourne. And it was pretty exciting. It was like, cool, I'm going to go and learn a bit about what this is all about. And I remember going into the conference. And I, we didn't know what to expect, right? When I sat down in the audience, and boom, Dimpna came on and she was talking about these awesome ideas and context about real estate. Straight away, I knew this is what I wanted to do. This is where I wanted to be. I wanted to focus on real estate and make real estate my purpose and passion. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know what it was going to be like. I had no money. I had no uh, investment portfolio behind me or anything. And so that was this big spark. I went in and I bought the ultimate course and I was like super excited. I was like a kid in a candy box. It was like, this is awesome. I'm so excited. And I opened the box and I went through all the material and I consumed everything. I took it all in. You know, lo and behold, I was a bit overwhelmed because there's a lot of freaking information in there. But good information, solid context, solid principles, solid values. And I just took this all in. But then I did something that I think a lot of people do and it's sad that they do this is I put all the stuff back in the box, folded it up, stuck the box under my bed. I was all excited about doing stuff, but I didn't really take action. I didn't do anything really relevant because of these things. I was worried about fear of failure. I was worried about, I had different money ideas, money values, right? I thought I needed to have money. I didn't understand this concept of other people's money and that kind of stuff. So I was lost and I was wondering how I was going to do this. and. So anyway, I put this box away. It was quite a few years down the track. I got myself into mining, moved from Melbourne, went into Perth. The mining boom had kicked off, making good money, seriously good money. I packaged the uh, money to save to put into real estate. This was my first time to do this. And in Perth, I met up with my beautiful partner, Sahara, at the time. We were on kind of the same journey. Our connection straight away was about real estate. You know, we were first dating with everything was about real estate. We're talking about real estate. It's been our driver ever since. We're always talking about real estate, aren't we? It's <laughs> just the thing. And so this journey was uh, kind of started escalating. And I was living in Perth. At the time, I had my box. It was still under my bed. And I was sitting there. And um, we decided we were going to pack up and move to Melbourne for family reasons. And this move to Melbourne was going to be our big thing into, into real estate. Now, Sahara had already been working her butt off in the mines for quite a while and already bought, built a portfolio of real estate, four, four properties, um, you know, and that's a big achievement. Um, and that was really exciting. So it kind of inspired me. Anyway, we went to Melbourne um, and we got a place uh, to rent. And we didn't have a lot of going for us at the time. We didn't have jobs. We didn't have anything that we could that would support us. So we, what we did is we, we took some of our savings and we got a rental that we rented that had six rooms. Mm -hmm. right? And we rented out these rooms. And these rooms were 
supporting us. Like these rooms that we rented out were paying for the rent and we made like $60 a week or whatever at the time from these renting out these rooms while we were staying there. And it was brilliant. We could save, not save money, but we weren't, it wasn't costing us a lot. It took us a little while. We got into jobs, started building ourselves up. Once I got a job at serviceability, the big, the big thing was to get a um, property. Um, so, sorry, so, I forgot to mention. Yeah, now look, what I want to know is you're getting straight into the into the into the deals here, and, I, and I'd love to kind of like get a little bit of Sahara's point of view of how she's come into the community as well. So because what you so you've 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 connected up in Perth. And then you've moved back to Melbourne. You've got a fascinating kind of like insight from your history. So, Hara, how about yourself before you kind of joined and obviously met up as well? Where whereabouts were you coming from before, obviously, you met up in Perth? Um, yeah, so I'm actually Tasmanian, born and bred, um, and quickly left there at the age of uh, at, at the age of twenty. Um, and literally I've kind of lived it kind of all over um, Australia. Um, definitely was chasing um, jobs that had the best money and it got me into some amazing places around Australia and some amazing experiences as well. So as, as Matthew mentioned, you know, um, I was actually in Perth for um, more than a decade. I was in Kalgoorlie for quite a few years as well, for anyone can remember the gold time, the, the gold boom in, in Kalgoorlie um, and basically uh, doing fly and fly out. So I was, um, this share housing has actually been part of my history as well, because I would actually um, just literally be living in a room um, in someone else's house. And I would be only there like, you know, for, uh, one week out of every four weeks because that's your fly and fly out roster, right? So you go to work, you work for four weeks, you come home, you work for one week. You're I mean, sorry, you rest for one week. You're saving money to buy property. And I was, yeah, massively, you know, sort of, um, I was, I was chasing, I was chasing coin. There's no, there's no, you know, there's, <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing else about uh, working in that sort of environment than, than chasing, than chasing the coin because I, I wanted to, um, you know, improve my myself. I wanted to, you know, retire early, if you like. Um, my first, one of my first properties, um, I can tell you about it a bit later, but one of yeah. my first properties, um, I, I made some quite big sacrifices to be able to, to purchase that. Um, and I think that there's definitely lessons in um, delay, delayed gratification mm. and, you know, understanding that you can't have everything now. You know, yeah. you do have to plan ahead, etc. But it is, um, you know, working really hard. Um, and um, I did um, meet up with Matthew um, in Perth, and we had that instant connection um, about uh, real estate. And, you know, we kind of consolidated and, um, yeah, kind of, we hunkered down and then, you know, prepared to conquer. Awesome. Michael, can I just highlight something about Sahara and her mindset and her struggle to get real estate? Sahara literally slept in the back of a van at the, one of the work sites so that she could have enough money to save up to buy a property. Slept in a van for how long? It was about four months or so. Yeah. Wow. Like wow. it's an incredible wow. thing. And I think that she needs to get accolade for that because that's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I got to, yeah, got to say, look, I just, this is the thing that I always find fascinating is that what you've done to achieve 
your goals. It's yeah, yeah, awesome. So, and it sounds like you guys are really when you're connected via from a property sense as well. It's really interesting that you've both had very strong kind of experiences in a, in a very closely share house brooming house type of fashion as well. Um, so it's there's no surprise as to what we're going to find out later on when you when you get into some of your deals. Hey, yeah, awesome. It's yeah. interesting actually because I was I was literally managing this house that I was living in, and um, he was doing share housing. And so I was living in one of the rooms and I was literally managing the rest of the house for him um, as part of the deal because I was literally paying almost zero rent. So <laughs> it yeah. is a matter of what you're prepared to do to save your money to get further ahead and where it leads you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now I do, do need to mention as well, um, within this area, there are certain legalities. You do need to be aware of everything. We're going to kind of like cover a couple of different things shortly, but just be aware. It's just, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an area that you need to be very knowledgeable on. Very knowledgeable regulations, on. Regulations, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, indeed. So, um, so we're now, now, because, now, Matthew, you've joined, obviously, a long time, the community. You guys have now connected. You've moved over to Melbourne. Um, you're kind of going, okay, great. You're hunkering down. You're getting through the material. You're keen to get going. Um, what were you wanting to accomplish then? Because, Sahara, you were already like, no, nah, I, I, I know where I want to go. It sounds like you were set. And then, Matthew, you're kind of, kind of keen to get back into it as well. What were you trying to accomplish when you came together like that? Yeah, so the biggest pain was for us to get out of a job that was the thing see i worked in the in the construction industry sahara was in construction industry mining for many many years we're both very good at our jobs um i call my job the golden handcuffs you know because i was getting paid really well and leaving that environment was daunting but i had to do that i wanted to get out of a job so that i could create our own pathway forward uh real estate was this avenue uh, you know, that box, uh, talking about the box, which I forgot to mention, that box eventually, when we moved, came out and that in ignited some uh, passion about real estate again. And it got uh, me inspired to want to keep moving forward or do some bigger, better things. One of the inspirations was how Dimpna was able to get out of her job. I thought if a, a mum, single mum like that can do that, I can do it. I can do it and we can do it. And it was very inspirational. And so that started and initiated the journey, but the biggest pain, the frustration that we wanted just to get out of these jobs that were hammering us dry, sucking all of our value out of us and not giving us the ability to blossom into what we wanted to do. Mm. Now, did, you, did you guys do a combined peg in the sand? Like, did you do a peg in the sand and did you do it combined or separately or? It, it wasn't the clear peg in the sand at one point. It was like, where are we going to go? But nowadays it is definitely boom. I already had I already had some um, property, and so I, I literally was managing those from Melbourne when I when I moved to Melbourne. I was managing those myself for the last, for the first five years, I think. Um, but eventually, um, sort of offloaded those. But um, those properties were actually able to. Uh, provide um, some leverage and some equity to be able to um, move forward with um, with some of our other um, ventures, if so, you like. So, so to answer your question, our peg in the sand is together right now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We're yeah. very committed and focused on where we're heading, I believe. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how do things change? Like now you're getting into the, into the material, getting it, you know, you're getting into your, you're pretty keen. How do things actually change for you? 
Well, we knew we wanted to do real estate. That's one thing. Yep. And we knew that we were re renting out rooms and that seemed to be a, a very viable model. Our rooming houses hadn't quite been established. It was pre-2017. Um, so it was kind of a new thing. So we just thought we were going to rent out rooms. We didn't even know what a rooming house was at that stage. It was just this journey. We were looking you can for rent cash rooms, flow. you can make money. What happened if we amplified that and made some cash flow to get out of a job? This is what it looked like. So we decided our first thing was to purchase a property, a uh, property that would be suitable to rent out rooms that would make us a return. But at that time in Melbourne, oh my goodness, it was crazy. There was <laughs> just, it was mayhem. The prices were going up crazy. We had, we're going into auctions, right? We're going into auctions. We had a set price that we were going to bid on. This was our cap. We're going to stick with our cap. We were going to get something. We knew we were going to get something, but no, no way. We were getting outbid at 300, 400,000 on a deal. And we we're going like, oh, are you kidding? How did this happen? <laughs> we went to auction after auction after auction. Sahara was so diligent. She's like, there's another one coming up. There's another one coming. Let's go. Let's go. Anyway, it took us about how many months? Nine. Nine months. Like that, having a baby. It was <laughs> to get this property that was like a starting point. And lo and behold, commitment, commitment, commitment. I always say that. Keep dedicated. You will find the deal. Lo and behold, one day we rock up at this property and there's only a few people around. It's raining, drizzling. The vendor's under pressure to sell. We didn't know the, the vendor was under pressure at the time, but we, we put up our hand. There was only about four people there. It was one competition, one competition. And the lady, and we went bidding, we're bidding. And Sahara was hand up, hand up, hand up. And we got to just at our cap and we're like, oh no, we're not going to do this. And then the lady behind us that was bidding, was a, we went into 5,000. I think it went into thousands even, if I can remember. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And at a thousand, we, 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 we beat this lady and we were like, oh yeah. And then they came and this was below reserve, mind you. This was below reserve. And they were trying to get us to pay more money when they came out. The, the agents were like, you know, maybe you should pay a little bit more. But we were like, no, no, that's okay. That's it. <laughs> it wasn't actually on the market yet, apparently. And the, and the vendor was like, um, yeah, okay. They were under pressure to sell. So we got this awesome, awesome deal. Right, and this was it. We went into renovation mode. Boom. Right. Went into renovation mode. And we just started, we boarded up the space, floorboards painted it, made it all look pretty. We had paint cans all over the place when we had our first guys moving in to rent the rooms. <laughs> it was it was awesome. And these guys stayed for five years in the property, the first property we bought. So they were, they were really good tenants. But anyway, uh, I digress. We, we renovated this place straight away, went into a, refi a refinance. We got it um, valued. Boom, we'd made, I think, 80K in the first thing. And we followed all the steps that Dimfna talks about in, in, in this, when you're doing your process, right? The renovations and all that. So we had Im immediately, we had created some equity in this, in the property and it was all awesome. And then on top of that, the rooms that we were renting out paid for the whole mortgage and some. It was awesome. We loved this idea. We said, okay, what can we do to make this better? We can go through some of these numbers a bit later as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I, I can tell you guys, you know, like, seriously, Matthew, you're, you're super excited about it. I can tell, you know. <laughs> I love this stuff. I love it. I love yeah, clearly. I love this. Yes. And so what happened next? Um, we decided, right, we were a little bit tapped out on, on money. I was still working, earning really good money. We decided we we're going to re-rent uh, for our next project. So what re-renting means is that we rent it from a vendor and then we'll re-rent it again by renting out the rooms, right? 
at this time we had no idea about regulation what needed to be done all the viability of this we just knew that we had an idea about real estate and that we were going to rent out these rooms when we spied, were looking for cash flow we were looking for cash flow that clearly yeah clearly job, that's out of the job cash yeah flow, right? yeah i think i think everyone's picked that up right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so getting out of that job was a big big turning point big right we, we wanted to do that and we worked out what our platform would be right and I, I, I often talk about this platform which was like how much money did we need to survive right to pay enough so we could pay for our bills pay for our petrol pay for all, us to live and not have to work and it wasn't a, a huge amount but it was a substantial amount so we worked out how many properties we would need and it would worked out to be three properties at the time going on to four so went down this path we set up these three properties and it was like boom we're making enough money now i decided to quit my job right we had this mm -hmm. big plan we've got this platform working we got enough money the income's coming in now i'm going to quit my job so i quit my job the first time right and i just finished a big project i built high-rise buildings so I'm, I'm a construction manager and high-rise and i was making some seriously good money and my boss didn't want to let me go and so <laughs> Matthew was making was, too much money for his boss. It wasn't very long after that when he kind of uh, I'd left and I was hang, hanging out at home and I got this phone call. Hey, you want to come back? I've got this awesome super bonus I can give you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, that was good. <laughs> All right. Big mistake. I shouldn't have done it, but I did. And I went back to the golden handcuffs. Another eight months. Boom. Locked into my job and I was grinding it out, grinding it out. And it's very intense, that kind of job. And um, I worked another eight months, built another project, got, got, actually I did another two projects, unfortunately, <laughs> but I got stuck into this golden handcuffs. And I was like, finally, you know, we had enough cash flow. We were to get out of this thing. I need to burn my bridges. I had to just say enough's enough. I never want to go back to this again. I've got to figure out a way to put myself against my back against the wall so that I could jump forward and do other things that I'm, I'm more passionate about. Mm -hmm. So. This whole timeline took about three years in the making. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. all right, all right. Yep, yep. It yep. was literally, it was grinding for about three yeah, years. Yeah, what's going on? Oh, it was just, just frustrating. Anyway, so we made a decision. All right, I'm going to go in last time ever. I'm going to quit my job. I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to get shackled to these golden handcuffs again. This is it. Done. I'll go in, finish the project. I walk out there. I burned my bridges. I said, I'm never coming back to you. Ba, 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 beep, 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 <laughs> ever again. And that was, <laughs> that was it. I had no, I didn't want to have a course way to come back in again. But that was a good thing for me because it created this barrier where I could start taking my mindset into where I wanted to go yeah. with real estate and be passionate about building our future. You often talk about putting your back against the wall. Yeah. And, was, and what yeah. you can achieve, if your back's against the wall, there, there's no, there's no further way to go back. You All go you can do forward? is go forward. So, yeah, it's an interesting. I've got to say that this, this is an interesting point because you don't realize how resourceful you are, and sometimes right. you, sometimes you need to put yourself. Uh, and and like you know, you, you see it. I mean, everyone's probably got stories and 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 memories of when a situation has come about where there's no alternative but to act in a certain way to resolve it and you find that your necessity comes up to deal and solve whatever comes up so it's um but you've created this by choice you've, you, choice. you've you've done the hey I'm, I'm you know burning the boats burning the bridges whatever it is so that you can then put yourself in a position where you have to be resourceful to come up with solutions Focus yeah? on us yeah and then guess what it got amplified <laughs> So we were running these three share houses um, 
and uh, it was probably 2018. It was four at that time. Four, that it was point. four at the time because we'd got another one after there and uh, doing pretty good. And all of a sudden, we get a knock on the door. <laughs> uh, we get these letters in the, in the mail. Three, three of our properties at the time, notices from the council. We want to come and inspect. Didn't know what the heck these were about. We just thought we, we didn't know we were doing anything wrong. So the council came around to three different properties in three different suburbs. Don't know how the hell that happened, but you know it, it happened in three different suburbs. And they came and inspected all, all of our properties and told us that we were operating illegally. Didn't have a clue what operating illegally meant. So we were just like, okay, what do we have to do to make this fix us up? And they gave us the guidelines. And we were like, holy crap, this is, this is a lot to, to consume, a lot mm -hmm. to deal with. I don't know if I can do, we can do this. We literally had one of our properties. We had to kick all the tenants out. The council said we've got to get rid of everybody. We were nearly, nearly going to go and hand over the um, hand this property back. We're paying rent and everything. It was a really dark time because we had no income coming in at that time. Uh, Apart income, from the houses. But the income had stopped because of what is happening here. Uh, and we were in a dark place. We were like, holy crap, what are we going to do to get ourselves out of this, right? So all gonna... the three years of working really hard to create this platform for Matthew to get out of his job and to be able to now focus on what we were doing, all of that was now in jeopardy. Yeah, wow. Wow. So, so it's, and this is just, this is a point on legality too, isn't it? Totally, totally, totally. Yep. We, yep. From, You're from diving in that. with enthusiasm. You're like, hey, yeah, this is, this is cool, but... You've got to follow the process, right? You, need, you need to know that. And this is what we are saying before as well. When you go down this area, you need to be very much aware of it. And that's why this, this what Matthews and Sahara are going to talk about as well, is going to be really interesting for you guys to understand the implications um, of how to do it and why to do it correctly, because you don't want to get in a situation what you guys have just got yourself into. <laughs> yeah, right. We were facing fines and, you know, the councils weren't really mean or bad or anything like that. They were just following due process. They were just following yep. process. Um, but we were getting these letters that felt like they were being mean. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had to comply or, or shut everything down. And so we had to figure out what it was that was necessary to make these all come together. So we followed process. We It took us a lot of energy and effort. We scraped up all of our reserves we put everything we could into our spending hours and hours and hours going through regulation i went through all the the uh the resources from uh, the uh, i love real estate different uh, courses do as much as i could but one of my biggest learnings was listening to what was happening in the community uh learning from other people and seeing what was going on and then taking action and not being felt knocked down that was the biggest thing right it's like there's always a solution. There's always an answer. You just have to figure it out. Like now it's easy for me. I know what we've got to do. But at that time, I had no idea, no clue. We didn't have a clue and had to dive through all this regulation, had to figure out what, who to speak to. How does this process work? You've got to speak to the architect. You've got to speak to a certifier. You've got to speak to the council. You've got to do all these things to put this together. And we didn't know a single dot of it. So we started piecing together the pieces from people, other people, watching other people, listening to other people and learning. And we figured out a formula, a very awesome formula that we were able to help others with. And what I can say about Matthew at this time is that he literally spent about six weeks doing nothing but trying to solve this problem. And mm. Matthew is the most persistent and insistent person in being able to find solutions to problems that I've ever met. <laughs>
Well, I think you, well, that's that's the back against the wall, isn't it? Is that is that helping you, <laughs> Matthew, uh, with your focus, or is it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It, it it definitely was a big springboard for for us moving forward because now I had no job. I kicked myself out of a job. I had no the income was going down. We were losing money pretty quickly, and I had to figure things out. I had to find out who I needed to speak to, how I needed to speak, the language I needed to speak to make this all come together. And, and there I'm, is a language I, to speak as well. Absolutely. The, the thing I want to point out here is that the, the, the thing that I love about this as well is that you go back to the training and you go back to the community. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, hang on a tick. You know, we've gone in a path. We thought we were doing the right thing. Obviously not. How do we fix this? Go back to the training. Go back to the community. Let me kind of, you know, get into and get the education up to a point where you can actually do it and solve, solve the problem that you're in. Totally. Education it's, is so important. And the more I go through my journey, the more I realize how important that education and that's also knowing the fundamentals, the fundamentals will always help you. Uh, you've got to be very solid. Networking in fundamentals. as well. But the people, the community, the stories, all that kind of stuff, you know, helped to kind of get my head around where I was going. Um, and then, boom, we created a formula that worked and we set, got one house back on track. That was awesome. We got that filled Rinse up. We got the next house back on track. Did that, and that was awesome. But eventually, they were all back running again, and we were like, "Yes, yes." This is a very big. And we had this story that was uh, that blossomed out of this, and there were, you know, it was such a big relief, wasn't it? It was such a big sigh of relief coming out of this frustration. You have no idea how dark that that period of it time was. It was months. Months, months of uncertainty I was sitting and at the end of trying my, to work through the, the problem. I was sitting at the end of my bed, literally crying one morning, early four o'clock in the morning, because I didn't know how we were going to fix this up. Wow. And wow. it was tough, but we did. We figured it out. We didn't give in. We didn't quit. We just kept going until we found the solution. And then it was a breather. And we were like, we're in this good position now. We're looking after these properties. We've got our platform. We've got enough income coming in. It's pretty freaking awesome now. Then people Lots of learnings. Then people started learning <laughs> mm, about what mm. we're doing. And we started, you know, working with other people. Yeah. But our journey has been as our journey has been um, very interesting to this point where we we are I mean it's a story, but there was there's so much more learning to happen. Yeah. <laughs> now can you can you share a couple of your deals you've done? Because um, just just to give a bit of an idea of 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 the style of investing that you're doing, um, because obviously in Victoria, rooming houses are very well known as being the cash flow, cash flow is king kind of model, especially in Victoria. So can you give us a bit of an idea of maybe some of the deals that you've done? Uh, totally. Um, so starting off, I'll let Sahara talk about this deal. Um, our very first, first deal what we did when we um, was a re-rent. And we did a re-rent because it was easy to get in. It was fundamentally uh, cheaper. And it, there's plenty of stock around where an owner will let you rent their property out and rent out rooms. It's quite extraordinary. And so that was one of our first deals. And so how we'll talk about the numbers on that. So I think I actually think our first re-rent was the property that we moved into when we actually first got to Melbourne. Now, I don't know if anyone knows for renting a property, you typically can't um, sign a lease unless you've had an inspection 
and we were based in in uh, in Perth at that time. We were only moving to Melbourne over over a weekend, and so I actually coordinated for my mum, who was actually living in northern New South Wales, coming through Melbourne to go to Tasmania to do an inspection for us on a couple of properties that I'd already pegged out as being suitable for our needs. And so we managed to get a lease signed and keys ready for the day that we arrived when we got to Melbourne and we rented out those rooms within, I don't know, a few weeks. We had a lot of stuff to do when we moved here, but we rented out those rooms and that was, I think, our first re-rent. We only made enough just to, just to you know, pay the rent. It was in a nice area just to pay the rent and also to, you know, help with the bills. But one of our, um, one of our actual re-rent deals it's funny because when we first got to Melbourne, we were on the hunt for a purchase. And I looked at this property. I actually looked at this property and I looked at, because I was very busy and it was actually a very, very, it was a huge bullish time in, in the market at that, at that point. I looked at this property and I- To purchase. To purchase initially. And then I've, I've looked at the floor plan and go like, no, that's not gonna work because you know you have to walk through this room to get to this room. It's, it's not gonna be enough rooms to make it worthwhile. I didn't do an inspection, okay? Didn't do an inspection at that point. Come literally a year later, a year and a half later, the property comes up for rent. And so I was looking for re-rent deals. And so I went and looked at this property and would you know, the floor plan was actually wrong and the place was perfect for, you know, obviously um, the room renting uh, scenario that we were looking for. So even though we didn't purchase it back, you know, when we were, when we were looking, because we probably could have um, had we known, we ended up re-renting this property. So this property was only- Still made money off it. <laughs> we still made money off someone else's property. But we, um, we paid, um, initially it was about 460 in rent. Um, and the rooms were renting out at about 200 per week. It increased over time, but about 200 per week. So that's kind of around, you know, a $900 um profit after expenses. after well uh, no including expenses gross profit so essentially that um that's one of um it's kind of the best um re-rent deals it would have been about seven it would have been about 700 uh, net, net profit, profit. and yeah. like when a we're week. looking per week. week per week so we were paying obviously all the bills, um, you know, electricity, gas, water, internet, etc., and then renting out the rooms. We we're providing a good service, you know, that we had awesome guys um, renting there. Electricity, gas, water was all included. Um, we had cleaners come in every every um, couple of weeks, and gardens were done. They didn't have to do anything. They're basically, you know, renting a room and paying for convenience. So that was one of our. Um, one of our earlier deals and one of the ones where we had a lot of learnings um, through uh, through this. And and we've actually only that, just... That was one of the ones that council hammered us on, which we had to rectify. And it was really an interesting deal. Yeah. yeah. We had to... Just with the with the term you're using the term re-rent now is that uh, can you want to just explain that because that it sounds like it's very similar to what or it is um, uh, subleasing head leasing and subleasing and, and so forth that Dimna talks about in the training is that that's but that's a t that's like the, what you're describing it as is that right? Well, Correct. yes, yes and no. With a with a, a re-rent or what we consider a re-rent is that 
we're converting these to rooming houses, as in they're getting registered with the council. So we, we're um, registered to license uh, with the council. Okay, so they, they yeah. are becoming, a, becoming uh, you know, uh, registered um, rooming houses. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah, getting okay. certified, reinstalling all the smoke alarms, you know, doing all the bits and bobs that need to be done for a rooming house, and they're getting registered with the council. So the council comes and inspects those, and, and we, we're operating compliantly. And obviously, with full with full um, disclosure to the owner that yeah. this is this is our intention. These are the things that we'll be doing. Um, would you like to approve us as a you know as a tenant? And yes, yeah, so we go through the whole process. So you can't just go out there, rent a place, and then start renting out the rooms. No, there yeah. is compliance and regulations in place. And if, and in Victoria, if you're caught, there's a hefty Fine. Oh, a fine, very right? hefty fine. The councils are going around knocking on doors. And even with this gray area of subleasing in Victoria, they're pushing to get people to certify the properties um, and get them registered, etc. Yeah. So this, this is kind of a model that you've taken on board. Would you have you to like turn this into a cookie cutter? Is this your cookie cutter that you, you know really well? This is your... Totally. Cookie cutter. Absolutely. We've got a very, <laughs> cookie, very cookie, cut, cut cookie, 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 Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's what's worked and, and, and systems work, right? When you have something, you have a formula, it works, stick with it, keep going. Whether it's developments, renovations, whatever it is, get that thing that you're good at and just keep hitting it because you're going to get even better and it's going to turn into something awesome down the track. Class, classic say- point. With, yeah. a, with a with a re-rent, um, you've always got to keep in the back of your mind that you are doing, you know, upgrades to someone else's property. And so you need to be aware of that, that anything, you know, that um, anything that you do to that property, then it's, it basically kind of stays with the property. So it's, it's perfect for, for people who have, you know, um, you know, maybe not enough to go and purchase something right now. And, but it does create, you know, cash flow for that stepping stone into the next step, which may be a purchase. Yeah, fantastic. All right, cool. So you've got got, and I got to say as well that uh, that cookie cutter is really what Dipna recommends as well. Once yeah. you've actually kind of delved into this in, into an area, you found your strategy that works for you, and then you get better at it. You do it again and again, and it becomes your, your cookie cutter. So yeah. Um, yeah, hey, what's so that's that's one of the first ones. Can you share another another couple of deals that you've done? Is it? Yes. What about you talk about development? No, no, talk about the purchase. Okay, so, well, uh, basically, um, as Matthew um, alluded to earlier in um, in our chat, that we moved to Melbourne, massively, massively bullish market. We were getting outbid at every single auction. Um, there was this one particular property that I'd scoped out previously because I go and do the scoping and then I report back <laughs> to Matthew about Sahara's a ninja she's out there ninjaizing all the properties (laughs) and and so we did actually get um the 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 last bid it it wasn't you know it it was definitely um a long time in the coming we got the last bid it was still not on the market but um Matthew what Matthew didn't mention before is that I went into the agent they had the owners upstairs and we were downstairs I went to the agent I said we're at our last bid I said you go and make this happen and so he did because he's a good agent and, you know, he knows that he doesn't want to go through another, um, another uh, auction, um, you know, session again. So and, he and made so, and it. Sahara had he, a mean face on. He made it. It sounds, it sounds like it. He did exactly <laughs> what you said. <laughs> 
Look, we, we were very fortunate. We actually bought it at 15000 under reserve. Okay, I think it was a bit overpriced um, because of the market was so bullish, but it was kind of at the tail end of that market. Um, so we were able to get that. So we purchased that for about five sixty, mm. And that particular property was a four-bedroom, two-bathroom. Very standard four-bedroom, two-bathroom. However, there was a lot of extra space, which when I did my initial, um, you know, walkthrough, which is what I do, I know what I'm looking for. I know how I can maximize a floor plan. And we've subsequently turned it into an eight-bedroom, three-bathroom. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was a, it was probably one of the best buyers ever. It's now worth nearly over a million. Just um, just on a million, and it's yeah. pays for it's pays for itself. Uh, it's brilliant. Now now hang on, is this the house that you're living in? Correct. So yeah. hang now, now can you can you explain a little bit about this because you, you, you've gone down the entrepreneur path. You've kind of gone into the um, you, you know, the rooming house model. You've got the model that works for you, and it's like now you have an ability to to live probably wherever you want, and yet you're living in a in a in a share house or a roomie. How, how, how does that work? Is that like you know? Is that is it is it, is it just is it, is it in your blood? How, how does it? Can I can I just say one thing, Michael? You haven't seen our view. Oh yeah. Ah okay. Mm-hmm. Because we actually live on the top floor and the and the rest of the renters, they're actually living very, very comfortably on the bottom floor. And there is a separation between us. We actually have separate entrances as well. But what we get is a magnificent view. And from our balcony, we've actually got a view of the sunrise. And in the evening, we got a view of the sunset. Okay, all right. So you've got the mortgage-free house. That's this what you've done. That's what you've got. Awesome. Free house, and it's just brilliant. And, and, and you and you've got the penthouse, the penthouse suite in the mortgage-free <laughs> house. Pretty the much. Suite, yes. Okay, all right. Now I I, I get it now. Okay, cool. <laughs> just wanted to clarify. And it runs our business as well, so it's office space too. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. And this Fantastic. is the thing: as, as entrepreneurs these days, you've got to be nimble and flexible. We've got technology that drives us anywhere with the zoom and stuff like that so we've created a, a hub and we've created a home and we've created something really awesome in a real estate investment that's going to last us for years and years and years and it's doing what it's supposed to do in our opinion an investment is supposed to make you money to be an engine to create a future for you and this is what this property is doing for us it's right got now. cash flow plus equity cash flow equity and it helps us with our uh, office space yep. you know, so your 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 one of your grandfathers would be very happy with you matthew Absolutely. Probably both of them, actually. He'd be, he'd be gobsmacked. <laughs> okay, good, good. Hey, now, you've, you've got another deal. You've got a development deal, haven't you? Absolutely. I yep. love the developments. The developments in the rooming house space for me are very exciting. Um, working through the numbers on our projects have been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but I'll give you some of the high-level numbers about what those uh, development deals have been looking like. So we've honed in a very specific model of doing a duplex uh, type rooming house, so two rooming houses on one block, uh, split side by side. These are not easy to get over the line. Let me tell you that from it takes purposes. from a compliance com- perspective. It, they're very tricky. They take a long time through DA and all that kind of stuff. But the model is working really, really well, and we're able to create um, smaller style six by six rooming houses side by side. And what we're doing with these projects is. Uh, we got investors that are doing whole projects by themselves, but we also joint venturing with a lot of our partners on these deals. 
Uh, not everybody is suitable for a joint venture, but we got joint ventures that are working really, really, really well in these and they create a really good cash flow. So the typical rental per room on these projects is between 300 and 340 per room, which, which averages about 1800 to 2000 plus per week on each side. So between 3,600 and 4,000 uh, uh, all rental together, altogether for the rents. whole property. So it's pumping out a really solid, solid cash flow um, output. Uh, and because we're subdividing them, it's interesting that we're creating double the equity. So instead of looking at it as one equity, we're actually proportioning and creating two separate packages. And it's really been phenomenal. Um, some of the projects that we've done, uh, uh, you know, we're looking at equity positions right now of about 250K, uh, 300K per side, per side uh, which has been really, really awesome. Um, so, some good results. So, so but, with the one, the one that you're talking about here, this, this six by six, that development, how, did, how does that stack up? Is that, that, that fits with those figures? Yeah, yeah totally. Totally. So the, the, I'll, I'll tell the you the number. We bought, we bought the block of land for about 790. Yep. Uh, yep. Just, uh, just before COVID. Um, we had the build cost time. for the whole project is around about 1.1 million. Um, mm -hmm. These are pre-COVID prices, by the way. <laughs> um, and the so each side is stacking up to about what's that? Uh, three, four hundred, about nine hundred thousand per side. Uh, total total cost. Um, there's an um, eighty percent LVR on the on the refinancing. And so the cash flow position on these is around about sixty thousand plus um, per side. Oh, sorry, yeah, per side, per side. Okay, the and then and then they've got they've gone from nine hundred up to about valued each about because it looks it's uh, is exactly. it about nine hundred each cost costing one point one point three million we're at at the moment on each side. The value. Ah, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. yep. And we haven't we haven't actually um, obviously it's still it's still in completion. The value is based on our expected rental. And so we haven't actually completed build and re re yeah, yeah. revalued based on the rentals because I'm expecting um, the rental market will be better than what we're calculating right now. Oh yeah, with rental demand going up, it's gonna be really good. So when we get our when we get the rooms filled, we'll revalue again based on those rentals and that'll drive a much better equity position as well. Yeah. Very exciting. Awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> I'd look, yeah, yeah. Does anyone pick up that uh, that Matthew and Sahara are pretty excited? <laughs> They're pretty, pretty excited and enthusiastic, yeah? Oh, totally. um, love yeah. Hey, now, look, I want to I wanna take a little bit of a different turn now and just kind of like um, one of the things we always kind of find out or um, that happens whenever you go down the path of investing, you've got this idea of goal and then something kind of inevitably doesn't really go to plan 100% and you need to then have to solve it. Have you got something that you want to share and maybe um, the what you were describing a little bit earlier about with the with the council, can you maybe elaborate on something like that and how you overcame that? Yeah, totally. And, and I think it's, it's a very good and important question for any entrepreneur or real estate investor the journey is never going to be easy. It's never going to be straight and narrow. No matter what anyone tells you, you've got to put effort into it. You've got to put your back into it and, and push uh, until you get to that place, right? And when something dark like that happens, and I've had many experiences of dark, that's just one of them, is, is to really take a moment to understand that it's only going to pass. It's not there forever. 
it's going to pass. Take a breath, take a minute, get yourself in a position where you start creating focus, right? Be around people that are positive. Tell people your story and get them to help motivate you. And this is what I did. I, I didn't, I didn't sit down and go, Oh, life's so hard. I'm not going to do this. I was like, there is a solution. Yeah, this is going to pass. I just have to figure out what that solution is. There's always a solution. There's always a way. To? Who do I need to talk what to? to Put a plan in place. Take one step at a time. Okay, you've got over that hurdle. Right, we got this sorted out. Now what's the next hurdle? Get the next little step happening and work your way through it. And eventually you realize you, you look behind you and you say, well, holy shit, I'm, excuse me, uh, I've just climbed <laughs> up the stairs, right? I've just come five steps up. So I look back, I'm actually up there and it's not that far away from the top now. I can get somewhere, right? Just keep going because the, getting to the top is not that far now that you've already taken a few steps. And that has been a driving force for me in everything that I do. It's like, okay, it's, I'm overwhelmed. There's a lot happening here. I'm freaking out. But hey, what's the next first action step I can take right now to get me in that direction? And taking a small little small action step. step. Yes, that's motivational. When you get that small little step happening, take another small little step and you go, jeez, oh, okay, I'm getting somewhere now. And then go into the next one. That's really what my, my mindset is like when I'm, when I'm working through problems. Now, I've got, a, I've got a kind of like, thank you for sharing that. I, lo I love that approach. But I think that at a certain point in time, you started to kind of like change your life a little bit as well. Because was this like, so for those of you listening, we've had a little bit of a chat beforehand. And I want to ask a question because there's something very interesting that you want to find out. And I'm kind of alluding to this with Matthew and Sahara right now. So do you want to explain, was that a trigger for you to go down a little bit of a different path with lifestyle changes? Um, no, my life, I, this is a really, and I love talking about this stuff, so don't get me started. But anyway, <laughs> there we go. I have a, I have a daughter. She's really young, right? I had a, had her when I was a, um, an older dad, um, and she is a big part of my life. And I spent like doing real estate, doing business, doing everything in, in my life. I've always been pro proactive and, and, and determined, but I let my health go. I let my, my body get out of shape. I put on heavy amount of weight, unhealthy amount of weight, I was getting sluggish. And my daughter came, um, uh, came to me as a beautiful gift. And it's been an inspiration for me to be able to even though I'm older, to be able to keep up with her and be able to give her the best of me. So being a busy entrepreneur, you get caught up in your in your busy lifestyle, your busyness that happens. And you have very few moments to spend with your your loved ones, your children, you know, your, the people that matter most. You want to make the most of that, right? And what I was doing is that I was working hard, wearing myself out. My energy was really low. I, I was feeling rubbish. My mind was clogged and foggy. I'd go and spend time with the people I love, and then I would feel worn out. I, I couldn't be part of their lives. And it was that frustrated the hell out of me because I wanted to be more impactful and I wanted to perform better. Uh, and I realized I needed to make a big change uh, for me, for me particular, because uh, you know, I'm, 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 my genes is terrible. I look at a donut and I put on weight, right? I just like, <laughs> so I've got to be very mindful of that. And it wasn't an easy journey, but I figured that if I was going to live to hundred or 110 and be a part of my daughter's life, I was going to have to pull my finger out, right? 
And a big part of that was like, okay, I need to clear my mind. I need my mind to be engaged. I need my mind to be on fire and I need to be happy as much of the day as I possibly can. And that was a big driving force for me to go, when I'm spending time with my daughter or I'm spending time with my loved ones, I'm engaged and my mind is alight and I'm in the moment. I'm having the conversations and I'm enjoying those moments. And so while we were doing all these things, when I left my job, I was going through this dark moment. There was a point in that time where this also happened and it was like, okay, got to do better. And we started on the journey of health and mindset, wellness, mostly about impacting our mind, having mental health and mindset as a, as a part of that process. And we started to do practices that had today become uh, just part of, you know, the same as brushing our teeth. Okay. We just do it because it has to be done. Waking up uh, with a happy, a happy heart and happy mindset, right? Getting stuck into exercise without, without any excuses, just no doing excuses. it. No excuses. Rain, Rain hail, <laughs> sunshine, whatever, freezing cold. We're out there doing a bit of exercise. And, and now you guys are based in Melbourne. In Melbourne. Right? And, Melbourne. Really and, and, and yesterday was the coldest day in 100 years. Was it? Ooh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, the coldest day for November, November. I think. It, yeah, it's, it's the coldest day of that day for 100 years. I can years. totally believe that. Yeah. yeah. But it, it didn't. Well, I think, I think what we do is that we, we, it's so ingrained in our daily that it, the, the actual temperature doesn't even register. It's like, okay, we've got to put our clothes on and we've got to go right. and walk out the door. Do regardless of what the weather's doing we, we won't let you know the weather stop us from doing what so we need it's not to do. just it's not just the exercise routine it's also the, the the food that we put in our bodies the nutrition that we put we cut down all of the rubbish like there's not well food is very clean everything we do and it's simple anyone can do it it's so easy meat and vegetables you know healthy low carb or medium carb uh, meals and one of the biggest game changers I feel for us or for me has been focusing on sleep, getting good sleep, sleep. the improvement on my sleep. I was like, if I, I've got a watch and I track my sleep and, and I was getting for many, many years, a 40, a 40 on my sleep and 40%, 40%, 40% which, is, which is a crap sleep, sleep apnea, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. And just, just totally ruining my whole health and well-being. And so getting in control of all these things and being in charge of my sleep has been an absolute game changer. It's changed my whole life. I feel full of energy. I feel vibrant. I feel like so excited every day. It's hard to explain because it's happening in me. And like, how do I take my head and put it into you and say, this is how I'm feeling, man. I'm freaking feeling awesome. <laughs> and this is, this, what I, this is what I was saying <laughs> earlier, uh, Michael, about Matthew's persistence and his insistence on solving problems because he went through a whole heap of different um, protocols to try and figure out which one or which combination of ones were going to be best and get those best results. And he's really, really been working hard to to get that. And you can see the results because he's getting, what, what sort of sleep are you getting? 80% averages now. Which 80% is, uh-huh. averages on which his sleep, which, which, is, which is absolutely phenomenal. And I think just on that point, that I think there's so many people who don't realize they may be getting a bad sleep because it's just part of their lifestyle now. But imagine if they were actually getting a much better sleep, that how much more of life, um, you know, and longevity 
could be ahead of them. And your mind starts ticking better. You feel better. It's just that whole thing. Like if, if, the, world, if the world hammers you down, you're dealing with it a lot better because you've got this better feeling about you. You've got this momentum, this motivation and this energy. And that's what I like about what you're doing. And I enjoy talking about this stuff because it is absolutely transformed my life, my mindset and the way I feel. And I wish I could just pa pass this all to wish other people. Wish you could people. bottle it and then yeah. just give it to people. <laughs> be a billionaire. Like so but it took, it took effort and work to do this, but I recommend it to anybody. Look at the way you're eating. Look at the way you're exercising. Get exercising. Breath work. Breath work. And as well, you don't realize how Bright terrible lights. we're breathing. Bright lights, mobile devices. Mobile devices at nighttime before you go to sleep. Stop doing everything, that. Everything gets <laughs> shut down at 8 o'clock in our house. You're, you're wow. killing your brain. <laughs> Including including all the lights. So yeah, yeah. we walk it's around small in the things. dark. It's the small <laughs> things that make such a big difference that we don't realize. And part of my learning has been learning about this so that I can improve myself, so I can be better to the community, so I can be better to the world, so I can be better to the people that are around me that I love. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, um, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. You. And um, it's really interesting that not only have you changed your financial side of life you've actually changed your your mental state and also your physical state you're really doing um you know uh clearing out changing things improving everything on in all aspects of your your life so well done well done awesome awesome thank you, thank you. so so your lives are pretty different now to when you first started hey <laughs> very different very, very different. different as Sahara was saying before show you a little rocket yeah. So, yeah, as as um, as we, we discussed before, our, our life was kind of it's always been at rocket speed, but it was kind of going in this sort of trajectory um, before. So we're kind of going round and round. But right now, um, it's definitely more uh, more of a, a, a sort of laser focused trajectory now. And um, we are we are super pumped about yeah, many, many about years what we can give to the community, but also, you know, um, what we've been able to, to achieve ourselves and, you know, through, look, I'm not going to lie, it's hard work and it is dedication and it is, you know, delayed gratification. But when you have this sense of achievement, sense of fulfillment um, that you're inching towards, you know, that that ultimate goal, then, you know, there's there's you know everything, it, everything makes, you know, it makes it worthwhile, everything. Mm. Mm. And now you've you've just achieved a, a goal recently, isn't it? With oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. the rooming houses, yeah? You did a, you yeah. did a post Thousand recently. We, you want we, to, we, we're very proud of that. You know, when we came into this industry, we were very newbies. We obviously lived in shared accommodation. We had shared accommodation, but we didn't know there was complexities and regulation. And a lot of people have struggled with this and a lot of people have negatively geared properties and we have been very blessed and fortunate with all the people that we've been able to work with and help in this community and, and around the Melbourne to be able to get themselves out of a negative geared position. And we, we got stuck in and we got committed and dedicated and put ourselves in this space where we could create our own path. And we've gone from strength to strength, helping people get out of their negative gearing and creating rooming houses. And we've done that now for over 120 projects. And that's created a 1000 rooms, a 1000 new rooms of safe, comfortable and affordable accommodation, clean, clean for people in, uh, in Melbourne. Uh, and we're very proud of that. We, we really are passionate about 
room renters and people that rent rooms and the affordable accommodation space. So this milestone has been super exciting for us uh, and we're really looking forward to the next thousand. Can I also just add quickly that um, that our thousand rooms actually kicked over while we we're doing this amazing um, conversion on one of our new clients and we they come to us with like a four bedroom house and I looked at that four bedroom house and I said you can accommodate so many more people in this amazing property so I optimized their floor plan for them and we've come up with nine beautiful awesome spacious comfortable rooms that they will be able to you know give to the community at large we all know that there's you know a, a renters a, rent, a bit of a renters crisis at the moment so instead of having that one property housing one you know one tenant if you like we're now doing that conversion process so that we've turned that one property into nine potential renters to be able to you know it's just our way of being able to alleviate the the issues that are out there they're always out there share housing you know it is you know people need to live and they need to live in in clean safe comfortable and convenient rooms and that's what we help our clients to provide Awesome. Awesome. Um, now, hey, I just, just one question that's come up. And look, i got to say, fantastic goal to have achieved as well. Also, awesomely well done. Um, yeah, so good to hear. And there's a comment here. What a gift it is to share your rooming house expertise with the community. Um, and lifestyle is inspiring. That's from Eugene. And he also said, um, I hear you on the on the subject of sleep, Matthew, yeah. as well. So yeah, I think he's his ears have, have twigged on that sleep. Um, <laughs> Joy was saying, "Hey, hi, uh, Matthew and Sahara," and Namaste said, "Hey, I love your energy, guys. Awesome. Thank you and, so much. Thank, thank, you. thank you, guys. Appreciate and, it. And there's one. There's just one question here, which is the the duplex pair that you were talking about, the development deal. Uh, was that re revalued as a regular home or revalued as a rooming house? We only do our valuations as a rooming house. Cool. Great. That's, That's for you, That's where Jean. you're going to get the best outcome. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Um, cool. Hey, look, one one last question for you guys. Awesome. Um, it. real, it's real, real simple. Um, brand new student comes into the community. They're like blown away. Similar to you guys, Matthew, when you open that box first up, uh, yeah. so much information, but a little bit overwhelmed with how much was there. What's the advice you would give them? Oh, that's such a good question. And I love talking about this because it's a, it's, it happens to everybody, right? We get excited about stuff. We, we know we want to go somewhere and we, we open the box and we start consuming and then we go, whoa, this is harder than what I thought. <laughs> whoa, what but am I going to do? I don't have money. Whoa, what am I going to do? This seems complicated. Whoa, what am I going to do? How am I going to find a joint venture? These are questions that we all face. We all struggle. And it happens a lot. And everybody faces this. Everybody faces it at some point where they go, I want to do this thing, but it just seems so hard to do it. What I have to say is that with all the complexities in real estate, developments, renovations, rooming houses, whatever it is that you feel is going to be a good fit for you, do as Dimfna says, get focused on one idea Get good at that one thing that you can be good at and then hit it hard. Don't go off track. If you're going to do a two-pack or a four-pack development, right? become the best at that four-pack that you can ever be because a four, there's a difference between a four-pack and a two-pack. 
The difference between a two pack and a six pack, the big differences, but get good at the one, learn your model, do a cookie cutter, and then just keep growing. That's the best way to do it in real estate. When you stick within your lane and you just keep marching forward, that's the, the only and the best advice I think you could give to anyone in the, in the community is to just get stuck into the one thing. Even if there's all these other shiny objects around, right? Block them off. Stick with this one thing you'll be good at and then hit it. Hit it hard. Give it everything you got because I promise you in five years' time, you'll look back and go, holy crap, I'm pretty good at this now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And that just so aligns with your viewpoint on focus as well. Absolutely. Focus. Focus <laughs> yeah. is the key. Um, Sahara, do you have anything to add to that? And now, oh, now, you, um, now we, we have an additional person joining us as well yeah. on this the is, Zoom. This is Dax. Dax is our Dax is he's our fur baby. <laughs> but what I'd like to add, um, Michael, I think it's really important to immerse yourself in the community and to surround yourself with like-minded people and network, network, network. and make network. sure that you know you don't go out there with an attitude of like, oh, I know it all. Um, go out there with the attitude of I know nothing. Teach me. And so, you know, when you've got that, you know, you, you when you've got that um, ability to, you know, to learn and to um, to take on, you know, new uh, new learnings, if you like, then you'll find that, you know, you you much you much um, there'll be a lot more people that will kind of um, give you that give you that guidance and to be able to, you know, help you along the way. Everyone needs help. This is why we have a community. Yeah, I love it. Love it. I, lo I love that whole idea of, yeah, don't think you know it all. Yeah. Because that's, that's that, you know, life will teach you a lesson. Oh, I know it all about it. Well, life Absolutely. will come along and say, hey, what about this? Bam. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about that. <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. And another last one before we go is network, network, network. Get out to the super conference. Go check it out. We're going to be down there. Yeah. Looking so forward to it. Oh, of course, the super conference is coming up. Yeah, Melbourne, Melbourne, Melbourneites, Victorians, please jump on board. <laughs> um, look, guys, thank you. Thank you so much, Matthew, Sahara, and Dax for joining us just at the tail end. Um, really appreciate you sharing um, and fantastic journey. Once again, a really very interesting and different journey of yours as well. And um, some quite amazing goals you've achieved. And, and I don't think you're going to slow down at all. You know, all, you, you, got, you, you guys got you guys <laughs> got absolutely, absolutely. So, so thank you so much. Um, I, I think we're going to end it there. Um, thank you everyone for joining us. Um, and like always, this recording is going up onto the Ultimate Real Estate Success Facebook group. It's live there now. You can review it there. We get the recording and we put it up onto the members only website as well to review okay. later. So um, that's it from me. Other than Super Conference coming up make sure you come along. That's where we celebrate the success oh. of successful students. And also, we, it's, a it's, a, it's a party of the year. It's for us as a community to get together. Like Matthew just said, we network with other students, we get inspired, we connect. Um, so please, if you can get into the room, then it's only a week away, seven days away. That'd be awesome. So yeah. guys, awesome. anything else you want to say? That's it. We're good. That's good. Thank you so much for having us here. We really appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you for your time. Absolute pleasure. All right, cool. We're going to end off there. Have a fantastic Friday. Great weekend. And we will see you at the Super Conference in one week's time. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Thank Michael. You. See ya. All righty. See you now. Bye.
Bye. Bye.